often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 461. I am your host, Josh Albrecht. And I am sitting inside the closet of the Slapbox penthouse yet again. And uh, this time, not turning the AC off. So there might be a slight background noise from that occasionally because it's fucking hot outside. And uh, I'd, ra- I'd rather not sweat to death in here. I, I'm, I'd like to keep my shirt on tonight. Not that it matters. I mean, I don't think you can hear that in a recording, whether or not I'm wearing a shirt. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm keeping it cool up in here as uh, it is Juneteenth, June 19th, uh, as I'm recording this. So it's the first time that after, uh, after, <laughs> after, um, it was declared a government holiday in the U.S. as it uh, commemorates the end of slavery. So there's that. Fortunately, I don't work for the government, so I won't get that day off in the future. But, uh, you know, it's about time we, you know, recognize that as an accomplishment and all. But, uh, yeah, it is It is getting really hot Uh as uh, it was over 100 degrees the other day, yesterday, that is. Um, thankfully, I didn't have to uh, go outside for anything as uh, <clears throat> I, I stayed indoors, keeping it chill. AC's working great at the penthouse as of right now. It's old, though. I'm a little concerned. It may not hold up uh, real long. It is a, a bit of a concern there as uh, it... Uh, The HVAC and the AC were put in originally when this townhouse was made. That was uh, in 2004, so we're looking at like 17 years old. (laughs) So any moment. I'm just hoping it holds out this summer, man. Let's hold off until next year before I have to fucking replace an AC. I don't want to think about that. I might just, like, if it does go out, just sweat it out. Sweat it out. The heat, unfortunately, if that gives out, that I'd have to fix right away because uh, there's no fucking way I can deal with, you know, sub-zero temperatures if it hits there. So, <clears throat> AC, I'll grin and bear it, I guess. As of right now, it's still holding up. Still good. Feels feels really nice in here, uh, and I'd like to keep it that way. I did, fun fact, finally, as of today, got uh, my the rest of my foam... <clears throat> Acoustic foam to put on the walls in here inside the closet, but I haven't had a chance to put them up yet. So hopefully, uh, I'll get that uh, in the next week. Finish up this room as uh, it'll hopefully uh, sound even better in here. Kind of excited for that to finally finish off the sound booth, as it were. And uh, <clears throat> so that's that's good to look forward to. Very good to look forward to. Um, I had another third Thursday this week. It was it was fun, and it was good seeing the old crew. Good to see old friends. You know, I haven't seen in a while. Is uh, still you know <laughs> reintroducing to old friends basically 
after not seeing a lot of people from the pandemic days. Now that all my friends, most of them are vaccinated now, uh, we can get together and hang out. And uh, it was fun. It was really fun. It was like old school third Thursday stuff. It was like, uh, you know, every third Thursday, my run group, we do a big group run. Five miles. It's a no drop, meaning we uh, we meet up every <coughs> mile, mile and, a half, mile and a half or so and stop. Like while the run, for the five mile run, we stop like three stops or something like that. And then we regroup. We let everybody catch up so that uh, even the <coughs> slower people, you know, don't feel abandoned. Um, and it's all, it's all about socializing and having fun. And then afterwards we go to the beer deck get some uh, some food and a couple of drinks and we did that and uh it was a warm one but uh i <laughs> there were a few people there that hadn't heard my sh- i shit the bed in russia story but most of the people there have known me for several years at this point and have heard that story a lot shall we say and i there was uh, uh several of them that actually thought i shit the bed in uh, many countries like every country I went to, um, well, I'd like to clarify, I've only shit the bed in Russia. I may have here when I was a, a child. I know I'd shit my pants when I was a kid, but I don't know if I shit the bed per se. I'm sure at some point I probably did, right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, so they had heard me tell that story a lot and I was going into it. I was, you know, holding court trying to hold court and the story I was bombing because uh, most of these people again had heard the story and they weren't feeling it they weren't enjoying the story and then one of my friends I don't remember who it was maybe it was Rich I'm not sure but they uh, suggested that I do it with the Russian accent and so then I proceeded to finish the story talking like this with the Russian accent so I get in hotel room and order room service and at my stomach it's like there's something go- wrong. It's making sound like hungry, and I just keep talking like that. And I just—it was killing. It was killing. It was great. <laughs> it was possibly my best telling of the story ever. I'm saddened it, you know, didn't happen on the podcast. But uh, <laughs> now, as I retell it, perhaps it it, uh, it doesn't hold the same weight as before. I really—I've told it. I don't know how many times on this podcast. It's been a lot. <laughs> But, uh, you know, so I shoot the bed. Like, bidet came in very handy. I love the bidet. I go in there, like, hold it over a faucet, ass cheeks spread open, get it in there, spread down. Started turning German there for a second. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fun telling. I wish I would have recorded me telling it there, like, and just could play that back. Because it was, it was fantastic. Very fantastic. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, so yeah, that was, that was good times. Good fun. I also like, uh, during another run this week, I was, uh, we were uh, talking about, and I, I know this has been a topic many times on the podcast, but it's, it's been a minute. Something brought it up about <clears throat> back in, in, in my childhood, my youth and, uh, my friends are all around the same age as me. That I was with, uh, roughly, within a few years. But uh, we were, uh, something got on the subject of how you would just find porn in fields. 
I don't think that's a thing now, but I don't really go walking around in fields a whole lot looking for it anymore. But when I was a kid, it did seem like <clears throat> you could you could find porn just in say like a bean field. For whatever reason, it was a thing. And uh, I've, I've thought about it a lot as an adult, and I really thought about it after. Well, during during the run, we were debating it, and I was thinking perhaps um, it's a circle of life thing, uh, you know, because it was a bit mysterious when I was a kid as to why there would just be like a porn out in the middle of a field, <laughs> like a por- porno mag, and uh, you know, then it, you know we were. During the run, I was thinking, you know, perhaps it's like a truck driver or something, and uh, th- they were like trying to give back to to them as a youth. Like they probably were introduced to porn via some field and finding it as a child, and then they had to pay it back. So late when they got of age, they went to say the truck stop, get a jerk off mag, and then uh, they have to like place it. Out in a field of their own, their own choosing, and think you know. Then I started thinking, like throughout the week about it, started really, <laughs> uh, really thinking about it, and then thinking like, well, perhaps, maybe that has something to do, like an unwritten thing, but like with uh, truckers or, because I just feel like truckers is a good possibility that a lot of this porn came from them, because you know the, uh, a lot of the uh, porn mags. We're sold to truck stops because, you know, when you're out driving, you need uh, something to <laughs> you need to fix. And so I imagine not all guys are willing to sleep with a lot lizard. So, you know, they might have had to just uh, get the baby batter out another way. And so uh, I would imagine the 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 fuck mags, whatever, uh, <laughs> the porn <laughs> um, is probably a safer route to go. So you pick that up, stop off and, you know, take care of yourself and then hit the road again. Uh, but I, I started envisioning perhaps there was like almost a ceremony to it, like almost a ritualistic thing. Like perhaps when you first get your CDL, like there's almost a ceremony. Like, uh, when you get your first porn mag from the truck stop and then have to place it out, Maybe they have like a ring, like you go to some <laughs> all these truckers just show up at a field. They're fucking Peterbilt Mack trucks, just sitting there in a circle, honking their horns, while uh, the newbie gets out with the brown paper bag with uh, finger fucking fun in it. <laughs> I use that. T- that was a real title. That that was a title I I remember finding as a child. Uh, a friend of mine had found the finger fucking fun in a bean field. And uh, but the, uh, anyway, yeah, I would imagine this ceremony. They got that you know out there, and then he you know peels back the uh, the the paper bag to reveal the finger fucking fun. And then maybe there's an actually I could see something fucked up too. This is like. Some skull and bones type shit, but then they probably have to like jerk off in front of all the truckers with the lights in the middle of the circle. I envision of the Peterbilts and the Max just jerking it, just going to town, 
the finger fucking fun. And then places, after shooting one's load, places the mag in a slightly hidden spot, but a place enough, sticking out just enough for a young adolescent boy to find that mag and then become a man in the process. <laughs> it's just something what I've, you know, envisioned of what could, what could have led to these porn mags just out in fields, in random spots. Sometimes it just looked like they, they threw it from the road. Like, oh shit, hide it. Maybe, I, you know, they, they bought it and threw it out. Uh, they didn't want the wife find it in the cab when they got back. Or whoever. <laughs> but, uh... Man, it was like the craziest shit, though, when you were a kid, or when I was a kid, and uh, men of my age and probably older, I'm sure this was the thing for quite a while, at least in rural America, like Midwest, um, bigger cities, I imagine it was probably a different situation, there's not a whole lot of fields to find porn in, but it's like you always knew somebody that had a connection, they found it, they know where this porn is, and there was, like, we would almost make a shrine the porn and it was almost like a stand by me situation where somebody was like hey you know you want to see a dead body although it wasn't a dead body it was you know porn I never had quite that stand by me of a moment and we never went to go find a dead body uh (laughs) thankfully or unthankfully I'm not sure could have been exciting um but we would uh (laughs) we would you know go like okay you gotta go see it and then we we would make the trek out there, very standby me. You know, your, a friend might die while trying to uh, dodge trains. <laughs> Although there's, there's only one place for a train here in town. Like, uh, there was no reason for us to be over there. Uh, but you never know. It could have been, like, there's the one at the riverfront. There, uh, thankfully, that didn't happen here. But I'm sure it happened to a lot of kids. There's probably a lot of kids that died from trains while they were on a, a pilgrimage to find porn. Uh, I'm sure it happened all the time, like in the eighties. Uh, but, but yeah, we would get there and it was almost like at the beginning of 2001, the space odyssey where, uh, the, uh, monkeys are, uh, in front of the monolith and freaking out. It was almost like <laughs> you'd have like the friend that's showing you the porn it's almost like the holy, like the finding the holy grail or something, because uh, in the say like the eighties and nineties, pre-internet porn, there was a, uh, it was hard, pun intended, to uh, to find pornographic materials uh, for you know young boys. It was uh, I I don't know about girls. I'm assuming it was probably even more difficult. As, uh, I don't play girls like the only magazine I'm really familiar with that had naked gentlemen in it that focused on that. I just think of naked Burt Reynolds with all the hair, massive amounts of hair. Sure, it sucked for gay guys too, you know. It was probably well, I don't know. There might have there are probably more gay mags than than there are for like uh, women, but like yeah, I mean, Playgirl would probably work for him. But anyway. Uh, it was all, you know, most of the nudie mags were all about, uh, the ladies. And, uh, I, I do recall, you know, it was very much like, uh, <laughs> just astonishment. Check it out. Look at this. This is what they've been hiding from us. 
This is what the female body looks like underneath those clothes. Now, I recall the very first porn that uh, I would find, uh, or that I was uh, privy to, I don't know, uh, was uh, Playboy, which um, I think everybody my age, older and older, maybe... Maybe a little bit younger. Uh, probably had uh, a friend, at least had a, either had a, their own dad or a friend's dad that had a Playboy collection and uh, that uh, introduced a lot of young men to the female form, uh, as it were. However, Playboy was very misleading. It was uh, <laughs> all the ladies, of course, had just like camel toes going on as they couldn't show the inside of the lips. And, uh, you know, most of the, the shots, like, they're just, like, closing their legs together. And you just get the, the nice little, uh, like, knuckle. And uh, <clears throat> everything's very airbrushed in Playboy. Extremely airbrushed. Very unrealistic. Uh, so I recall as back going back to finger-fucking-fun. That was, uh, <laughs> I believe, my buddy Toddy that... Uh, uh, I've mentioned a lot and was on a podcast many years ago on here. And uh, it was him that knew about the position of finger fucking fun, knew the location as we would go on a trek. And uh, this was, if I memory, my memory uh, serves me correct, it was in a bean field that was uh, where in Washington, Missouri, now currently Schnooks resides because it was before Schnooks was built. There was just like a big field there. And I believe it was in there, in that field, that we had found Finger Fucking Fun. And uh, Toddy had taken us. Me, I, Trebejo, I think, might have came with us. And we uh, ventured out to Finger Fucking Fun. And again, like, Playboy was really my <laughs> my knowledge at that point of the female form. And I recall the Finger Fucking Fun... Like being the first thing I could see, like the inside of the lips, and the <laughs> there was there was no airbrushing in in this mag, and it was it was just filthy. It was filthy, and uh, like all of it was was like gaping vaginas, vagines, and uh, they had it like completely opened. I feel like they might have even been fisting themselves. <laughs> there was, and it was like uh, I guess early nineties, and. Uh, there was, uh, you know, razors uh, were pretty much a new thing at that point. People weren't uh, using them on pubic hair a whole lot yet. So it was, it was, you know, a bit rough. It was a rough down there. And uh, <laughs> it was eye-opening and very much a learning experience. And I definitely felt like, well, what is this? It was almost like it, it seemed like really nasty, like seeing that compared to Playboy. You know, Playboy's all clean, airbrushed, hide all the imperfections, and, you know, not showing, like, inside. It, it, Finger Fucking Fun was almost like a gynecological, uh, if I'm saying that right, if that's even a word. Uh, you know, I was basically turning into a gynecologist looking at uh, Finger Fucking Fun. Like, this is like, I'm going to go in there with a fucking camera and just check everything out it's like uh like you're seeing the inside and then some with finger fucking fun 
it seemed a bit unnecessary, really. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, so uh, so that was you know that was how porn was back then. That was definitely a lot different than now. There's, there's it's almost sad, it's like the 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 magicalness of it now, where sit, now kids probably just like pick up a fucking their parents' iPhone or whatever before they even get a phone or whatever, and just like. Ujiz or P- Pornhub, you know, bam, they can—they've got the keys to the universe right there, and they can pull up whatever fo- porn they—they they desire. Unfortunately, which it all usually involves like stepchildren now, which is really fucked up. But uh, <laughs> seems to be like all the porn, like I fucked my stepdaughter, uh, <clears throat> which uh, which seems a little odd. Seems a little odd that that would be. The leading stuff. Brother and sister a lot. There's uh, a... Just, yeah, a little depraved. Um, (laughs) I'm getting old. (laughs) Uh, But uh, (laughs) I sound like an old man now. Um, There was a very stand-by-me element to it, though. It was like an exciting adventure. It was was seeing the... the What at that point was the great unknown... And uh, maybe that's almost comparable, not as much. I mean, this traveling overseas is way more exciting than that first porn mag, I think. <laughs> but there was that moment of uh, almost wanderlust and not knowing what's going to come around that next corner, like, you know, come around the next corner as uh, you're just experiencing things for the first time. That's... Uh, that's that's excitement right there. Like, ooh, the hair on my my arms kind of sticking up. Thinking about it, yeah, yeah. That is thinking about like cliffs of mower, not not finger fucking fun. That that's not. <laughs> I wish I could see that now, because as I remember as a kid, maybe it was just because of my first experience with it. But I remember it just being like a filthy, filthy deal and it may not have been like a full magazine I feel like it might have been more of like a calendar for some reason we'd find lots of calendars like that thrown a lot of times the calendars for whatever reason would be on the side of the road with a lot a lot of guys just going out and buying uh, <laughs> nudie calendars with the uh, spreading wide open um, gaping calendars as it were uh <clears throat> There was some man. There was something. Uh, another thing I was thinking of, like pondering a lot, at work. But I don't recall what it was. It was like a big thing. I wish I would have written it down. There was some some good stuff I thought of, and it's gone. It's gone. I've worked too many hours. Worked fifty six hours a week. Very little sleep. It gets uh, <laughs> it gets cloudy in my brain most of the time. I have this Red Bull. Right before starting, and it didn't help much jog my memory. I should have maybe I should have like done uh, some kind of meditation before starting. That might have been something to help uh, clear my thoughts and recall the uh, <laughs> the thing that I had pondered. Uh, I believe a lot. As uh, yeah, my show prep uh, has not improved in all these years. These nine years of doing this. Um, but uh, 
I did start uh, watching Sweet Tooth on uh, Netflix, which I've enjoyed. I have only, I think I'm like four episodes in. I'm not sure how far. I like uh, having McGruber in there, uh, Mr. Will Forte. And uh, the the look of it, I'm not sure when they wrote that. Um, but I feel like it's it's very relevant to the times. As I would imagine, they probably, it seems like it was very much written in 2020 for uh, the, uh, let's see here. I mean, obviously, it just came out here. But I, I feel like maybe maybe the the idea was kind of out there <coughs> before 2020, but uh, <coughs> oh, huh. I did not realize this, but Robert Downey Jr. and his wife Susan Downey uh, produced this. It's a very well produced uh, deal. Uh. I guess it was originally a comic because it does say it was, you know DC is involved. I don't really know a whole lot about the origin of the story, but the, it's very interesting. They're you know dealing with a virus and wearing masks and shit. It's very pandemic-y. It's uh, it's good stuff though. I like the overall look of it a lot. It looks. Almost like a Where the Wild Things Are, the uh, children's book in some ways. And it's got uh, Muffin Man's talked about this a lot to me, like at work. And he, he really liked it. He watched the whole thing. Like, I think he binged the whole thing at once. But uh, he uh, likened it to the game uh, off the top of my head. I think it's Mutant Year Zero, something like that. It's a video game. <clears throat> I've got it on uh, PC, but I believe it's on pretty much like every system. Um, I, ah, damn it! Now, now, now I gotta know. This is a new year zero. It, it's a fun game. It is. Uh, yeah, year zero, Road to Eden. That's the name of it. It's a turn-based game, uh, much like XCOM UFO Defense. If you're familiar with that, and. Uh, <laughs> It's a fun game. I wouldn't say it's as hard as an XCOM. And, uh, yeah, it looks like it is on uh, PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. So it's on all the systems <coughs> currently out there. Um, well, I don't know. It might may not be on the newer ones. But, uh, <clears throat> the, like, they have uh, these mutant hybrids, which is the same thing as in uh, Sweet Tooth, whereas... Uh, I'm not sure exactly how the hybrids happened, but they're human hybrids sort of in the game. In in the show, it starts out that uh, there was a, a, basically a plague that hits, uh, a COVID sort of situation. And at the same time, these people are getting sick and dying, like left and right, they're dying. And these babies start being born that are human animal hybrids like island of dr moreau stuff this shit and uh <laughs> all kinds of different stuff some in like varying degrees of hu- like some have more human than animal others have more animal than human it would appear and uh then of course people have blamed the virus on these hybrids 
and so they're trying to kill all the fucking hybrids and going all holocaust on those mother- on them. Well, I haven't seen a extermination camps yet, but it seems like they I mean they're definitely hunting them in the in the show and uh trying to kill off all the hybrids. I don't know if they went as far to create showers with Zyklon B or anything. That seems a bit far to go in a show, but uh, especially one that revolves around children like the main most of the main characters are children, but they man, they did a really good job on casting. Like the show's on production value, it's good. It's good. The kid uh Gus, he's I guess the main character. It follows him. He's a deer uh a hybrid of a person and like a deer. And that kid is good. Like the whole cast is good. <laughs> but uh I mean Will Forte, McGruber. Uh, I hope like Sedacus like is in there at some point too. Get some other people. Maybe maybe Robert Downey Jr. can just like pop in there. I mean he's producing, why not? It's a good show. Uh <clears throat> But yeah, that I'd look forward to watching the rest of that one. As uh, Loki's also Loki has been, had two episodes now, and I'm digging the Loki. And I really like the fact that they both episodes so far have been longer. They've been about an hour, as opposed to like Wandavision and uh, <laughs> Winter Soldier, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Those a lot of them were only like half an hour. <clears throat> I feel like I'm getting more bang for my buck with the Loki. And uh, I, I, I like the feel, the look of it. It's got uh, like a look of old. <laughs> it's almost, I'm not big into playing like Fallout. I never like got the game myself. I played it a very little bit at some friends' houses and watched other people play it. But it, it has like the feel of almost like Fallout 76 where it's like the the animations and stuff and about the uh, the TVA believes what they're they're calling the, the organization the time people uh and they've got yeah the animations are I like the animations <laughs> old school looking animations and uh, I love me some Owen Wilson I love me some Owen Wilson I'm excited I don't think I mentioned it before Wedding Crashers is one of my favorite comedies uh Jerk is like number one that one's fucking classic but Wedding Crashers <laughs> When that came out in the theater, uh, with Toddy, Toddy and I went and saw that movie in the theater four times when it came out. Just, we couldn't get enough of it. We kept going back and back. Just, you know, we went more than just the tip. I I mean, Vince Vaughn's got some great fucking moments in that. Like, he just fucking owns that movie. But, I mean, Owen Wilson's is good, too. But, like, I love, at the beginning, I need to watch it again so much. Just, it just... Uh, I love it so much. I need to watch it again. But uh, there's <laughs> when he's talking about, uh, like, I think the coworker's trying to set him up on a blind date, and he's just like, goes like, doesn't let her have a word, and is talking about like, are we gonna play just the tip? Are we? Uh, <laughs> keeps going. It's fa- it's fantastic. I love that movie so much, and uh, 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 having my buddy Tani there too was great because they had the character Todd in there that, of course was uh he liked the taste of sausage and he wanted Vince Vaughn as well and uh he of course <laughs> painted Vince Vaughn this crazy ass painting where uh was he like uh some kind of like like a sexual pose or something but there's like in a forest I don't remember what's going on in the painting 
but uh, he gives it to Vince Vaughn, and like at one point, like Vince Vaughn's like running away, and he's like, "I'm taking the painting towel. The painting was a gift. I'm taking the painting. It's good stuff." And I just loved uh, Todd's character, and then he's like, "I'm gonna go to my room and paint homo things." <laughs> he's like this. Not only is he gay, but like that—that's not really the funny part. The funny part is like his like he's very emo and like dark and brooding, <laughs> like. Seems like a cutter, like like the Todd character was just was just great, and and like him and like tying up Vince Vaughn was was pretty awesome. Uh, the, when Christopher Walken comes in, and uh, he's sitting on the bed with Vince Vaughn all tied up, and he's just kind of looking at the the tied up, not saying not mentioning anything to it, but like kind of pushing on the rope. It's pretty great. Uh, you know, Todd, he's he's a great kid. Just you know, the emo, I man, my. I haven't walked, worked on walking in a long time. Bad. Watch. Zass. Seven years. Yeah, see, no. No, no, I don't have it. Ugh. I should, I, I didn't know I was going to talk about it. Should have prepped it. Ugh. But anyway, yeah. Wedding Crashers 2. Sounds like it's going to go. And that's pretty exciting to me. I mean, I fucking love Wedding Crashers. That shit is fantastic. Just a bit outside. I don't know why I'm talking like Bob Euchre now, but all right. Wedding Crashers 2. Please give it to me. Give me that sweet, sweet Vaughn-Wilson combo. One last time. They gotta hurry up, man. Christopher Walken is fucking old. (laughs) I can't imagine he's gonna be around too much longer. I don't know how old he is. I'm gonna have to look that up now. As he is... Uh... He's got to be, like, at, at least in his 80s. How is... Let's see. How is he not number one here? <laughs> he is way down on the list when you type in Christopher on IMDb. Born in 1943. <laughs> oh, man. So he was born during World War Two. <laughs> like I had to think about it like it was uh like was that World War 1? No World War 3? No, I don't think we've had that one yet. That was uh 78 years ago. He's not quite 80. But damn. Hey, he's getting up there, man. You know, we got this virus shit going on. Hopefully he's vac I would imagine Mr. Walken's vaccinated at this point. I mean, he's <clears throat> he's in that age bracket where you really should be concerned. Um, champagne, you know, he probably had that with some champagne, and uh, but I mean, you gotta have the Walken in uh, a Wedding Crasher sequel. But I'm curious as to what's gonna happen though, because he's Rachel McAdams' father in it, and if it's Wedding Crashers, you gotta have them crashing weddings, right? I'm not sure how this works. I, I'm curious to what the plot idea is, but I mean, you got to have all these returning characters. I mean, Bradley Cooper's in there as the douchebag boyfriend in it. Like his first like big role I remember him being in. At that point, though, he was like everybody's just uh, like he was typecast as the douchebag boyfriend. He was that role in many of things. But uh, I mean, you got to have the Bradley Cooper re- return, right? And uh <laughs> And Christopher Walken. It's just not the same. 
and of course Isla Fisher. But are they going to stay married? Like, I believe it. I believe in the end. It's been a while since I watched it, but I believe uh, Rachel McAdams and Owen Wilson get married, and then of course Isla Fisher, Fisher and uh, Vince Vaughn are, are they're at least together at the end. I don't know if they're married, but they're crashing weddings together at the end. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like at least one of those couples has to split up for the sequel, you know, but still keep all these people. I'm excited to know what this this story is, but apparently they got uh, they're pretty pleased with the plot that they have and the screenplay and such, the, enough to where they're ready to start going to production hopefully soon. So, that is that is goldness, but it at least I can get a little Owen Wilson fix now with Loki. As he's classic Owen Wilson. I, I don't really do a... <laughs> I don't really do an Owen Wilson. I never worked on one. Should have, should have again, pre- done this pre-production-wise. Uh, the the lack of hours to myself, though, is kind of a problem as I, again, work a lot of hours. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, one of these days, I'll get that uh, <laughs> show prep thing under control. Uh Damn, that would be oh, so good to see. I'd love to see that in the theater. I I still have yet to go back to the movie theater post-pandemic. I don't know when the fuck I'm going to have time to do it, but you know, maybe for the holiday. Um, hopefully there's something good in the, the theaters that day. And Because uh, I still got a little bit of extra cash uh, from selling the silkscreen gear and shit. Uh, maybe I could go out and venture out and uh, see a movie. That would be good. Uh, but yeah, I have yet to see one since I believe it was December of 2019, which would have been Star Wars Episode Nine. Went with Shelley and Muffin Man over to the B and B in. I think we may have actually went and saw it in the Wentzville one, as we would usually go to the Wildwood. But I feel like we might have went and saw that in Wentzville. Don't quote me on that, but I know we went to. Uh, Hot shots, and then saw the movie. We got some wings at Hot Shots. Different times, man. It was a different world back then. We were high fiving, grabbing each other's asses out in public, licking tables, you know, <laughs> coughing each other's faces. It was a totally different world. We weren't worried about half human. Half animal hybrids killing us. Wasn't a thing. There was no sweet tooth around the corner trying to kill us. That was just shit we saw in movies. That was that was War of the World shit, man. Fun fact, I was watching a YouTube video and they were talking about uh facts or things that were told to us as facts, like growing up that are not facts. Like, uh, this one shouldn't be any real surprise, but there was always the, uh, I, I heard this a lot as a kid, but, uh, I feel like they even said this in school that, uh, Albert Einstein flunked in math. Apparently that never happened <laughs> as he was apparently a kid genius, but they, p- people would say that a lot. So you're like, Hey, you know, look, this guy was like the, one of the possibly the greatest scientist that ever lived. One of them, you know, that, uh, <laughs> and yeah, he was bad in school, so you could you could achieve great fame too and learn how to split the atom. If uh, 
you just continue to persist. Unfortunately, though, that uh, apparently that wasn't wasn't the case. Uh, Einstein was Einstein even at an early age. So if you flunk math, maybe you won't uh, figure out the theory of relativity. Um, <laughs> apparently, he wasn't bad at math. There was a few other things that were uh, on there. I'm trying to remember what they were. There was some. There were some interesting ones. But uh, yeah, it elude, it eludes me. I just had it, and then it's gone. It's gone. My mind is constantly digressing into other avenues, and it's hard to focus these days, as I'm just hitting way too much energy drinks, just pounding them. It seems as I have like very little sleep. And it sucks because after a while they lose their effect and you become dependent on them. It's a, it's a slippery slope. And they're just not really great for you. Like my body has a hard time processing them. Like I end up shitting more and pissing more. It just like it throws my body all out of whack. And then trying to sleep, well, <laughs> when I want to sleep, it just doesn't work out. Wouldn't recommend it. Wouldn't recommend it, but... You know, if you're not getting sleep, you and you have to you have to work a lot or whatever the situation is, then uh, you know you got to do what you got to do. And uh, sometimes you just got to hide a porn mag in a field just to save that kid. Maybe when you hide that porn mag, put a note in there: stay away from energy drinks. Don't depend on them. It's a <laughs> it's a slippery slope, buddy. Slippery slope. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, Loki, I enjoyed the Loki. Um, I I can't wait for, like, next year's shows. And well, I, I guess I believe around December or whatever is when we'll get some more Star Wars. I believe uh, that might be when Book of Boba Fett comes out. That'll be good. I am definitely in the need. I, I feel like uh, the itch as I need more Star Wars. The Bad Batch... You know, it's good, but it's just an animated feature, more <laughs> drawn towards kids. Um, and they haven't had any. Uh, they need to get some Vader action going on in there. Like seriously, do it up, fuckers. But uh, I need some live action Star Wars. I need that in my life. I need something to look forward to. As uh, I'm not traveling any anytime soon, so I need. I need Star Wars to be a little bit closer. Come on, guys. You're churning out the Marvel stuff on a consistent basis. Let's start. I can't wait till they just start pumping out more and more Star Wars. Get the Ahsoka, the uh, Obi-Wan, and uh, and uh, all the all the rest, you know. That's uh, more Mando. Get some Mandalorian action up in this biznatch. It's, uh... <clears throat> oh, man. One thing I did do at work today. This is a, a bit of a problem. My no, my nose is kind of jacked up because uh, earlier, again at work, I uh, I was eating some pork rinds, and I fucking uh, shot quite a bit of it down the windpipe instead of you know down into my stomach. It didn't go there. It went into my lungs, <laughs> and uh, about choked to death. Uh, I mean, it wasn't bad enough to where I needed like Heimlich or anything, but goddamn, man. Like I was coughing, trying for quite a while, trying to get that shit out of my 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 windpipe, and uh, there was uh, that was not good. I ended up blowing some of it out of my nose, 
<laughs> and that burned. That's not pleasant. And I've been doing this more and more lately. I don't know why. Like a, uh, a lot of times at work on my first break, I'll eat a, a, a cup of ramen because they have them in the vending machine. And for whatever reason, I do it a lot with ramen. Um, it it's, usually comes out easier than those fucking pork rinds did today, though. Like, I will end up, like, blowing <laughs> ramen out of my nose after I'm done. I'll end up uh, unintentionally sucking in air, I guess, while I'm eating. And it's like, I, like it just fucking happens. Like, I'm in the middle of chewing. Oh, oh, oh I just fucking... <laughs> it's like, subconsciously, my body's like, fuck it, fuck this, let's end it. Like, consciously, I'm like, no, fuck no. I, I, I want to live. I want to keep living. I, I still feel like I've got some more epic journeys in me. If I can just get there, if I can just keep the strength and just, like, get there, just crawl to the finish line somehow. If I have to, man. I'm, I'm not a DNFer. I'm a did-not-finish. If you're unfamiliar with, like, uh, running races, but I don't DNF, man. I don't DNF. I will fucking <laughs> army crawl. I'll use my fingertips to, like, pull me along to the edge of that fucking line. <laughs> I may not win the race, but I'm going to finish, fucker. <laughs> that is a given. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, as, uh, <laughs> man, any, any day, that'd be great. I will, I will find another way back to fucking Europe, damn it. And maybe maybe I will shit the bed as a in another country. Apparently, a lot of my friends seem to think I've shit the bed in every country that I've been to. Not happened. I did piss myself in Ireland though. But I feel like that's just going to Ireland. Like that's you haven't officially been to Ireland unless you piss yourself in Ireland. Sadly, no alcohol was involved though. It was just I drank a lot of water after getting to the airport and. <laughs> Driving around Ireland, I drove around for like an, over an hour after drinking like a liter of water. <laughs> and then I couldn't get to a bathroom fast enough. I pissed myself a little bit. It was almost like I drank like a fuck ton of Red Bull. And uh, my body would just like, like you know, it, it was coming out. Uh, regardless if I, I wanted it to come out or not. It was going to come out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, that would be awesome to uh, get back to uh, traveling. And uh, <clears throat> I haven't yet, but I have been, uh, <laughs> I've been tempted still to uh, make some bad decisions with some of the money I've, I've got in the bank. I need to, I need to not spend any money though, because, you know, I've got this whole uh, mortgage payment thing that I kind of have to deal with uh, <laughs> as uh but I do still have a little bit of money in the bank from, uh, I also, with the Realogy program that I went through for getting the house, as long as I used uh, <coughs> one of their realtors, I would get uh, <coughs> money back. And I, I just got the money back today, 650 bucks. Depends on how much the house is that you're buying, is how much you get back. Uh but I got the six six fifty, and I gotta say, I'm really tempted to make some bad decisions. As uh, I I've, I've thought about, 
I believe I mentioned these before on the last couple maybe podcasts, but they got those Jimi Hendrix signature style pickups like in a loaded pick guard. So it's got your pots, the potentiometers, the uh, pickup switch, the whole nine. All you got to do is like like two solders, like put it in there. And uh, <laughs> it's very tempting, very tempting to... Uh, to uh, get that, even though uh, I really shouldn't be spending any money right now. That should not be something I'm doing. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I still got a bit of the pandemic brain, but not having places to go or, like, you know, like I used to have when I would plan out these vacations there, because I did it, what, uh, <laughs> six different times, I guess, I went a year, if I had to, like, think about it in my head. Um... But uh, <laughs> I would uh, plan it out. I'd go like once a year overseas, and it would be the thing I had to look forward to. Even if I was working a t- fuck ton of overtime, I'd have that something to look forward to. There was a light at the end of the tunnel. I could go just get here. And now, without having something like that, like carrot at the end of the stick, it's hard to continue going, you know? So it's a lot easier for me to make bad decisions with money and be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to buy four more guitars. <laughs> uh, it's capitalism, you know, 101. <laughs> you got to buy a nice new shiny thing to keep you occupied. Keep your mind at, e- at ease. And the pandemic brain, man, I definitely, you know, I mean, I bought the Tom Morello signature Strat and spent a fuck ton of money on a effects pedal board for the guitar and really got back into like playing the guitar quite a bit. So, but I have been, Oh, I have, uh, I've been playing quite a bit still lately. I, I, uh, fun fact, I've been working on playing, uh, the while my guitar gently weeps solo. And man, that is a, that is a bitch. If you're not used to bending strings a whole lot, (laughs) that's nothing but bending strings. Clapton really, uh, he really went to town on that as, uh, it's taken a minute for me to, get my calluses strong enough to really do it justice (laughs) I remember when I first started learning guitar I had to been like 15 at the time and uh, I I wish I would have taken lessons lessons would have been way easier uh, for me I think I think would have been a lot better at playing guitar uh, but <laughs> I used to just use like tablature books and then occasionally a friend might show me a, a riff or something, but it was, I never learned full songs and it was, it was a bit of a mess. <laughs> I, I forever just knew a riff here, a riff there. And, uh, <clears throat> I got good at a few riffs, <laughs> but it was never actually officially a part of a band and, and stuff. Uh, but I remember one of the most awesome things about early on, like playing guitar, is that uh, this guy that I was kind of friends with I, I didn't know him real well, but uh, Don uh, Donald McBride was his name, uh, and he uh, I mean he was like he showed me the solo to fucking while my guitar gently weeps, and being a big Beatles fan at the time, it was world changing, like seeing somebody play that and just <laughs> it was just like magic and I never at that point in time I I didn't quite end up learning like the whole solo but just knowing like 
a little bit of the solo and just like being able to hit some of those notes was just there was some magic to it and it's uh uh i probably know more of it now as i've <laughs> and have been working on it but uh and i got the tone right like i had a really shitty stratocaster back then it was a squire strat the cheap and i believe squire are better now but at the time this was mid to late 90s and squire was real cheap then it was a guitar too that somebody had spilt something all over and like ruined they decided they were going to refinish the guitar they took off all the paint the pickups weren't great in it <laughs> but you know it was my first electric it was uh it was a starting point and uh i man i just didn't know i never really fucked with tone all i would ever keep it in is, is the bridge position and the pickup uh, selector switch and the tone all the way up <laughs> I was used to playing stuff with a lot of distortion so <laughs> like if you want more distortion that's usually the way to go um, but now I have a lot more understanding of how tone works and I've got better guitars that have better pickups and can create more tone more options of tone and that even sound better like if I remember correctly that guitar I mean <laughs> that was the only pickup <laughs> Uh, position that sounded any what okay like uh, but uh, yeah now I've uh, I've just YouTube man if you're looking to like uh, learn an instrument man YouTube is fucking amazing these days I wish I would have had that when I was 15 as uh, you want to nail tone Anderton's music they've got a lot of videos on uh nailing tones of other artists they have the sounds li- sound like series where they'll do they'll do uh, uh, some videos where it's by busting the bank so they'll find like the most expensive stuff to really hit that tone as close as possible to say like i think there's a tool one there's a there's a lot of different ones there's black sabbath there's clapton they've got all kinds of artists that they uh try to uh match the tone on and then they do some videos where it's without busting the bank. So it's like if you want to do, if you're just starting out and you want to do uh, <coughs> something where you can easily match it on a budget to get you out, like touring and stuff. Just do some local clubs and yada yada. I I do recommend that that series and watching that. If you're really into like nailing tones and stuff, it's good good stuff. They're uh, in uh, Un- uh, United Kingdom there in somewhere, I guess England. I believe it's I'm assuming London I'm not sure exactly where they're at they're they're in the UK somewhere but uh <clears throat> yeah there's that there's oh, there's just so many good videos of uh the nailing like the the tone and then showing you uh you know how to perfectly perform techniques when doing songs and it's so much nicer than just looking at like tablature <laughs> Or even if I don't know how to read sheet music, but like I feel like like just having somebody describe just like techniques and just there was a Adam Jones has got some very specific techniques he uses, and uh, I I remember trying to learn how to play the song Jambi by like reading tablatures and like seeing how some people suggested to play it, but. Uh, 
it was years before I found a video where somebody described the actual technique he uses. He does this weird thing where he actually uh, uses his index finger on his uh, fretting hand and like pulls through the strings as he's playing. Like he starts on the the low E, which is tuned to a D. He does drop D, of course. So he's got that low D and like pulls through that and pulls through the next two strings while also like palm muting and it it's very cool effect whenever you like figure it out and nail it right and it's <laughs> like he only picks like the the D string the low D and then drags his finger through the other uh, two strings underneath it and it's a uh, it's a really cool effect if you don't do it that way you know it's not going to sound right when you do it and I I would get uh, very frustrated as a young guitar player trying to learn guitar or whatever um, because I couldn't get stuff to sound exactly right and I would get frustrated because I wanted it to sound perfect but I had no clue <laughs> how to nail the perfect tone and everything so I would give up releasing and I would just learn like parts of riffs and I wouldn't bother to learn a lot of stuff because like I only wanted to learn like that riff that you know interested me I didn't want to learn the stuff that didn't sound cool to me <laughs> but now uh, but yeah I've, I've learned a lot more now about playing guitar as a 40 year old man <laughs> I did get uh, <clears throat> another package I did again I got a guitar rack so it can hold nine guitars although I got two acoustics on there so it's not quite going to hold nine but I've got a place still holding for uh Whenever Adam Jones finally releases that signature Epiphone-less Paul that he should be releasing. I keep watching his Instagram page because he, uh, he's on Instagram a lot. There's a lot of videos, and that's how I found out about it. But I imagine that someday he's going he's gonna to post more about that. I don't know when it's going to be. And I probably won't have enough money when he, he does put it out, but I do have a credit card <laughs> if it comes down to it. I definitely, oh, i got to get that. And at some point... I'll have to break down and get an SG, a Gibson SG. I gotta have one Gibson in my lifetime. SGs are the you know the best way to go about it if you you want to get the cheapest Gibson. Basically, you can get a, a decent SG on the cheap and a Gibson. <clears throat> there's really not much to it. It's a very thin piece of wood, and uh, man, they're so classic. I mean, I love me some Black Sabbath and Tony Iommi. So I, I always really wanted a, an SG. <laughs> that is that is definitely something that needs to happen. I may end up, you know, <laughs> missing a few payments, you know, on the mortgage or something. But, you know, I, I really need that SG. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I would let myself uh, miss a payment over a guitar. But, I mean, if I can... Have an SG. I mean, I, I'll do what I, I'll do what I have to do. You know, I'll do what I do, or something. And uh, that uh, it's getting a little bit warm in here now. <laughs> Maybe I should have taken my shirt off when I started. But uh, yeah, things are coming along though in the in the the penthouse here. Um, haven't quite gotten the pool table in, but uh, I was pretty excited though that my friend didn't. <laughs> And uh, being able to uh, move it the other uh, last week when he he thought he was going to be able to do it because he uh, ended up uh, his wife had a uh, family reunion 
And, uh, but I was so tired from work. I, I was really glad I didn't have to move a pool table. Uh, my friend, my friend, Mike is, uh, the one, uh, donating the pool table, but I still pretty excited to get that. Still pretty excited. I've, uh, recently seen some good legs on eBay for fairly cheap that I can put it on the pool table. Cause again, the legs need to be replaced on that. But again, I am really not looking forward to moving this thing, <laughs> even though it's a three piece slate. So it's not all connected. It's already broken apart. I mean, it's going to have to be refelted and everything. But three pieces should be a lot easier than moving a solid piece of slate. And I am, ugh. The, the thought of moving it sounds, sounds rough. Should be fairly easy, though, here, because we're all on the ground floor. We're not going up or down any stairs. I don't know at, at his house whether or not it's on the ground floor. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't. I don't want to like throw my back out or something. Uh, Muffin Man, I helped him many many years ago get a pool table in his basement, and as I'm pretty sure we didn't take it apart at all. There was like three or four of us helping moving that thing, and I think every one of us like threw our backs out <laughs> with that fucking thing. It was a solid piece of slate. Well, I don't know. It might have been like three. It was not breaking apart though. It was all together still. And it was a, uh, it was fucking terrible, fucking terrible. <laughs> but man, I really want that pool table. It was just a pool table. It'd be fantastic. And I don't want to pay somebody <laughs> to like put it together and bring it over. So, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go through it, man. If I got to throw my back out for a week, I got to throw my back out for a week. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. I mean, hell, I threw my back out for a TV, free TV. You know, it was fifty-two inch. You got damn right. I'm going to take 52 inches and I'm going to be a cripple over it. And I'm going to enjoy it. But uh but yeah, I uh I got I guess I'm good here as uh one of these days I'll end up getting some uh some uh guests over as <laughs> for the podcast. I swear. It's going to be more than just me singing in a closet. Um I do need to kind of Work on the podcast room, though. I haven't done much of anything else other than the uh, the closet. So I'm still hoping to be able to do some voiceover work. And I need the closet done if I'm going to be able to do that. So, but yeah, that's, that's really all I've got. As always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.